You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 196 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Valerie Koo. How are you going? I'm good. What's happening in Gina world? Guess what? Possum free now. They're all out. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Did, the, did, you build, did you build the, the possum boxes? Little house? We've got deluxe, architecturally designed possum boxes. There's one outside my office, up high on the tree, and uh, another one out the front. Uh, they haven't moved in yet. I don't know where they are, but we got them out. And for the first, uh, so the the guy that did it came, put put a camera in the roof and gave me uh, an app that I could download onto my phone that I could monitor the activity in the roof live. And it also, every time a possum moved in front of the camera, actually, I'm going to send you. Are you serious? Um, Do you seriously have possum cam? I've got possum cam. It's gone now, but I had possum cam all week and I did not watch <laughs> any TV because um, I'm going to send you a selfie and so what happened was every time a possum moved in front of the camera, it set it off and it was like an infrared camera. Oh, and, my God. Uh, and when it would go off, it would download the clips and the still images that were taken. And so for the first two nights, oh. all the possums in the, room, in the roof were doing selfies of themselves. Oh, my God. Do they pose? Do they know how to yes. like, do it in the right angles? Fantastic. Um, fantastic shots of them and so and then there was like a little trap door that they got out and then once they're out so I've just sent you a um a a video once they're out they're out for good and then the the roof is all sealed up so so they're out oh my goodness so what happens to the possum cam he came just now and uh and took the possum cam away so I can't have you know I could get my own I guess if I wanted to (laughs) Uh, but the but the really interesting thing was the first night that they were locked out, I woke up at just before dawn and I had a possum on my bed head. Cause Are you serious? I'm serious. She'd gotten Inside. in through my window because he said they're going to try and get back in, but I didn't think, you know, they'd get back in my window. And uh, <laughs> so then my possums are not very graceful. So what they do is they'll get mm. up onto a window and then they just drop. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever they land on, so they they actually just fall from the window onto my bedside uh, table and knocked everything oh. off, and that's what woke me. 
And then oh my we're God. looking at each other and then the possum gets back up on the window and, and goes out. So, it's not so you want to be a possum okay, lover, so, folks. No, it is a this is, you have tuned into a photography podcast. We're just catching up. Sorry, just fast yes. forward a couple of minutes if you want. And speaking of photography, um, Gina has just sent me the video of all of the possums taking selfies. Gina, can we put this in the show notes? I have to upload it to Vimeo, right? And then we can, yeah. yeah if I we'll, work we'll out the way, otherwise I'll put a still image in the show notes for sure. They're pretty good, aren't they? Unbelievable. And that's that, like, that was um, taken probably at, um, you know, two or three in the morning in the roof, pitch black. So it's an infrared camera. So that's it. Like this is technically we're talking about photography. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, it. It takes photos, yeah, and so that's how he knew. Like it, it you film, you just saw this um, procession of uh, possums going up to the the door, oh. pushing it, and going outside. So that's how we knew, and um, wow. that we got them all out. But how do you know all of them have gone? Because he he he's like this uh, possum guru whisperer and he he understood (laughs) so he explained to me that like the mother like what you'll get is there's generally one family that live you know in a roof and the mother lives on one side of the house with the baby and the father lives on the other side of the house much like a marriage (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and generally there aren't more than that, that like because otherwise they fight. And uh, you know he said the most he's pulled out of one roof, which was a school, was seventeen. So we were hoping not to break that record. But yeah, oh. there was uh, four. So we got mum, dad, younger the baby, and the uh, brother or sister out. And wow. so now they've got. If mum and dad don't want to live together, which they shouldn't, it makes for a happier marriage, I think. <laughs> one can live in one tree and one can live uh, in the other. So there's, they've got two options. All right. So we will try and put this video of these possum selfies in the show notes, which you can find at yeah. Gina, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com. And of course, that is related to this week's topic, which I'm keen to get into soon, called The Beginner's Guide to Shooting Video with DSLR and Mirrorless. So we're going to get into that soon. But before that, we have a photo critique. Now, yes. Samantha posted a photo, uh, well, a series of photos, and um, we'll also put these in the show notes. And she has said, after spending years as a model, I'm trying my hand at photography. Would love some constructive criticism on my last shoot on where I can improve. So what she's done is she's shot a woman or a girl um, at the beach in um, some in a swimsuit and some in um, like cut-off denim shorts and a white broidery unglazed top and they're basically (laughs) no no wait back up a what (laughs) rotary (laughs) unglazed where did that come from that's what it is (laughs) i've never heard that phrase before see i would describe those as daisy jukes (laughs) 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 and the top uh, a what say it again okay <laughs> That's I've what it is. Is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the never, material. Never oh, okay. 
Yeah, the fabric, um, that white fabric that has that sort of slightly embroidered flowers on it and stuff in in white as well. Anyway, I'm sure our listeners don't really care what fabric the top is, but she's sitting on the beach and um, uh, kind of in very casual poses. And uh, there's one of her sitting on a sand dune with the um, sky in the background and she's looking kind of like at her knee. And then there's some of um, her almost in the water but certainly on the wet sand um, where she's kind of looking behind her but there's a great background of the ocean and the sky while she's sitting on the sand in the uh, um, the ocean and sky in the background. So where do we start on the constructive critique on this, Gina? Well, we start with Samantha's full name, Samantha Wild. What a cool name for a person. It Don't is think, a good for a photographer. Name, yeah. It's a very mm. good name. You know, I think yeah. it's awesome. Uh, Samantha, you say that you have been modelling for many years. I think that is uh, a really great thing to have under your belt because that be- makes it so much easier for you to understand what's going through the model's head and to connect with the model because you've been there in the middle of winter standing in freezing cold water in a bikini trying to, you know, give give your best for the photographer. And so you understand what good direction is. So I think as – and I often see a lot of – actors who then go into being headshot photographers or even directors because they understand what it's like to be on that other side of the camera. So I think you've got that as a real advantage. And I noticed in the thread when you posted this series of images into the Facebook group, the So You Want to Be a Photographer Facebook group, um, Mm. that uh, you were talking about trying to get the models out of – modeling for you and which is a thing that I've always struggled with whenever I work with a professional model is they get up there and they've got this series of 20 20 looks that they'll do they you know they go into hand on hip next hand on the hip then they'll pop their their hip out they'll pull the the model face sometimes I'll do that duck face thing that models do and I'm forever trying to get them out of that and get a more relaxed and natural or put a little bit more of my own style into that shoot and so um, that's something that Samantha you can do when you're working with the models because you hopefully will have that rapport and know exactly what to say to them the next thing that you need to work on, and I believe you're only quite young, Samantha, so you've like you've done really well, uh, you know, as this being one of your first shoots, is to uh, work on shooting in manual mode and learning how to control your camera because from there you can really work on creating something that's your own. When you shoot in auto, basically it's like uh, generic photography. Anyone with a camera that puts it on auto is going to get a shot that's very similar. And so you don't have a point of difference from everyone else, but when you shoot in manual, you can control how your entire shot looks. If you want to create those bright blown out skies, that California look of lifestyle sort of fashion, then you can do that. Or if you want dark and moody shots, then you can control that. You can control how blurry your background is. You can control how, um, how the light looks, where the light looks. So that's what I would suggest 
to take these images to the next level is to work on keep shooting but really work on getting your personality into those shots so that when we look at you know these shots we go yeah 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 that's a Samantha Wild I know because you know mm. it's just got her look about it you got anything to add to that, Val? Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And as Gina said, yeah, use your um, uh, modelling background to your advantage and don't be afraid to direct. And sometimes I find that people who have been models before, it, it depends on what photographers they've worked with in the past because there are some photographers who – are very vocal in their direction and there are other photographers who really aren't. I mean, it's really mm. surprising how mm. some photographers have a complete lack of direction. Um, mm. I mean, if it works for them, fine, but then the model, the, the, the photographer in some cases leaves it very much to the model to uh, come up with different poses and, and, and that sort of thing and they just shoot a lot and hopefully something works. So depending on what your experience is, you might feel inclined to emulate the kind of photographers you've worked with in the past. But in my humble opinion, obviously I think that it works much more efficiently and much better if the photographer has um, uh, a good sense of what they want to achieve and is confident in directing. So yeah, you know, don't be afraid that you're trying it, that you're telling people to suck eggs or whatever. Um, direct. <laughs> so it's all I can yeah. say and draw on your modeling experience to do that. All right. Fantastic. So as Gina mentioned, Samantha put this in the Facebook group, which is our listener community, and it's free to join. All you need to do is search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community um, on Facebook and uh, request to join. We'd love to have you in there. So many different people from all over the world. And another awesome group is, of course, the Gold Community, which is over at GinaMilitia.com. And so let's have a listen to what you get with the gold community. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my gold community. The gold community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production, you get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. All right, awesome. And a big hello to all of our members in the gold community at GinaMilitia.com. So 
This week, this is really cool, Gina. Mm. This week, the topic, I'm so interested in this topic myself. This week, the topic is The Beginner's Guide to Shooting Video with DSLR and Mirrorless. Now, I love this because I know that more and more photographers are interested in shooting video, but importantly, in terms of an industry trend, more and more clients are hoping that their photographer will also be their videographer or they're Mm. hoping to get some kind of combo of stills Mm. and video. I'm not talking about Steven Spielberg kind of cinematic productions. I'm talking about video that can be used online, that can be used maybe as a corporate video, you know, not necessarily an episode of of, of a television show or anything like that. We're not talking about, you know, Narcos or, unreal. or anything. Or Unreal, yeah, mm. love that show. Or mm. Silicon Valley, mm. love that show. Um, yeah, it's it's something, uh, you know, a, a little bit more different. It's 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 video that is part of the content creation process often. And um, I know that the demand for video has certainly increased. So this is very timely, I think. Why did you yep. choose to uh, cover this topic today, Gina? Because, Val, I've been getting into video myself and I know that the demand is skyrocketing. It's huge and it's only going to get bigger and I think it's a trend and it's an important trend that photographers – you know, it, it to me it feels like uh, back in 2000 uh, when suddenly digital was upon us and there were two schools there. They're the ones that were saying – this is uh, this digital's never going to go anywhere. I'm going to stay shooting film, and uh, mm. those photographers sadly got left behind. The ones that refused to um, change their style of shooting, and I think it's the same with video. I think you can still have a healthy business as a still photographer, but I think you can, as you and I'm saying, you don't have to go out and be a Spielberg and make you know, uh, two and a half hour long motion pictures or episodes for TV, but just being able to uh, value add to your clients and shoot a couple of minutes or, a, you know, a 30 second little reel for them as part of and not, not, not included in your package, but as an extra, an added extra mm. is a good way to um, add another stream of income. And it's really fun and I think that photographers are actually really good at it. And I know you've been at me for ages to start filming too, Val. And um, now that I'm getting into it, I'm I'm loving it, loving it. So I need to share all of this stuff. And it's like I have so much to say about this and I don't like, you know, I don't like um, short form. I don't like chit chat. (laughs) I don't like just giving the top five points. I need to go deep. I need to explain. I think the information is power. I don't just want you to go, oh, yeah, I shoot, you shoot like this, this, and this. I need to explain the why so that you've got, when you've got your head around, it makes so much sense. And then you'll see the world in in a different way. And I think you'll then have um, my hope, it's my hope that at the end of these two parters, uh, you'll, you'll be excited to go and shoot video and you'll find it quite easy to, all that stuff that I've talked about will resonate and you'll go out there and do it no matter if you have. Have a, uh, a phone with a with a that shoots uh, video or an entry level 
DSLR or an entry-level mirrorless, they all do it. You can do good stuff with all of them. All right. So as Gina mentioned, there's actually – well, Gina does go deep, as many listeners will know. And so (laughs) there's quite a lot of information about shooting video. So we are breaking it up into two parts, two episodes. And um, so in the future, in in the upcoming weeks, you will get part two. But this is part one. So first of all, Gina, tell me why – what kind of video you're shooting? Like, what are you shooting of? So, uh, I was just in India where I did a, uh, a video there where it was a series of interviews with B-roll combined. So it was a combination of shooting the beautiful scenic B-roll that just goes to, um, sort of fill in in between when you've got a talking head on the camera and then the interview component. So it was all about sound and lighting and syncing videos and things like that. And then I've been also moving into a bit of corporate video as well, Val. So lots of fun. And I'm doing someone – Oh, this Saturday, I'm trying to think. I've got just got (laughs) – her name escapes me. So, oh, it's on the tip. Oh, All right, anyway, listeners. Chick used to do macrame, <laughs> and now she's a, a painter. Apparently, quite well known, getting up there in the corporate world. A lot of people collecting her work. She has a lot of collectors. Uh, All right, listeners. In case, who? in case you haven't figured it out, Gina is going to shoot video of me this weekend. We're also going to be filming a whole bunch of tutorials and courses for the gold community. Uh, but one of the things that Gina is doing is shooting video of me because I need a new video for my website. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm a bit nervous, but I know that I am in very capable hands. Mm. So where do we Come start, a long way Gina? From that first video I did of my chickens, Maria yep. and Consuela. A long so, way. A long way. So let's just define the difference and the terms I'm going to be using. So we've got – we for all of this series of podcasts for the last three years, we've been talking about still images, the photo, a single static image. A mm. film, it's also called a movie or a motion picture or for ease of use, we're calling it video. It's basically a series of still or moving images. Now, I think – photographers are in the perfect position to embrace moving images because when you break it down to its simplest form, all it is is taking lots of images in a quick succession, you get a movie. That's all it is. And, and, And when you approach it in that way with a photographer's eye and a photographer's way of thinking, you've got a way of seeing images that like someone, maybe a videographer who's thinking about the, will tell the story slightly different. But I think that, uh, photographers, it's, it's a new skill that uses knowledge that, that, photographers already have. So it's just like a painter that maybe moves into sculpture. So the the, the basics of composition, understanding art, finding the light and direction, we already possess all of that. So it's just a matter of taking that next step and sort of getting your head around how film works. And there's just a couple of uh, technical 
things that you need to work out, but it's not difficult. If you've worked out the exposure triangle and shooting in manual mode, and Mm. for those of you who are listening to this podcast and you haven't quite um, got the hang of manual mode, I'd probably uh, suggest that you go back and listen to that episode on how to get off. Uh, I think it's – there's an early episode. I'll put it in the link in the show notes. How to how to get off auto and shoot in manual mode. That's going to really help you sort of uh, understand the the sort of the next stuff that I love. Yeah. All right. So another reason why photographers should embrace shooting video or motion pictures is that consumers love video. They love it. The interweb loves it. Uh, you see more shares and views when it's a video. I'm not sure if that's because it's a new frontier or people just love looking at shiny things that are moving, but it seems to be like <laughs> a big, big, big trend. And so like the chiropractors are having videos on their Facebook, their, the front of their website that explain what they do and why they do it. Come, Everyone is doing it and it's like it's this strange. whole – New market. Everyone, the 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 local milk bar will have it. The local Seven Eleven. The the everyone has video now. So, well, because you know, a- you know, you know Tracy, right? So Tracy yeah. used to. Tracy often works with us. In fact, she uh, will be working with us this Saturday when we do the filming. So we're um so she freelances with us. Um, but where Tracy works now, one of the places she works now, the guy there who is a business owner, who's not a celebrity or anything. Thing, he has five full-time videographers and is recruiting another one. <laughs> there you go. And that's a sign of the times because, yes. you know, it's content, more and more content. So here's an yep. opportunity to – you can say that not only am I going to get the still images for you, I'm also going to be able to uh, supply you with those regular um, – you know, little two-minute info info packs that you need or or whatever that constantly need to be updated as well because everything's changing and everything needs to be updated. Not only that, but even if you're an enthusiast photographer and you don't have a business, you just like taking photos, it's a great idea. The, 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 the moving image uh, and, and recording someone's voice uh, just for history's sake, just to, to keep it, to, to have. Like if you've um, – I know that uh, my mum the other day uncovered this whole box of videos that my dad had taken that no one wow. had ever seen before. And it was like we're, we're watching them going, oh, my God, we'd never, ever seen the And, you know, and then there were some that had my dad um, in them and he, he, he passed like seven. 17 years ago. So it was like you get to see this person again. And so that's so precious, hearing someone's voice, seeing them on film. So even if it's your, you know, beloved um, kitty cat or dog or son, daughter, partner, it's worth filming or even a fantastic holiday, even that little three-minute grab. So I think it's for everyone. Uh, Another good reason is photographers see life in a unique way. So, you know, why not use some motion, even like a little grab? It doesn't need to be. You can have a still image that that might run for five seconds, but it's actually motion. And I've seen a lot of um, commercial advertisers are now using the cinemagraph, which is actually a still image combined with a video image. And I think I'll dedicate an entire podcast to just doing cinemagraphs because I think they're an, an interesting thing that's 
been around for a while, but they're worth having a play around with. Pretty easy to do. So you might have a a bowl of tomatoes, right, where there's water, Mm -hmm. drop of water. Uh, They're all splashed with water, right? And there might be one drop that just continues to move down the, the tomato, right? So one element of the frame continues to move. Or you have a a beautiful woman who's standing there in a dress against uh, the water. The water's moving behind her, but she's frozen, right? So it's a combination. That's used a lot to um, attract the attention uh, of people in ads and things like that. So there's all those sorts of ways that you can use video. Video I think it's here to stay, I'd have to say. Mm. I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying that, and it it is growing in popularity. And as we said, as a photographer, if you want to, you can value add to your clients. So as a headshot photographer, you can offer that, that little, you know, minute, intro for someone at the front of their, uh, their, their website, or as a family photographer, you can grab a little, you know, two minute reel of, if you're doing a day in the life, you can also be grabbing some video and then you offer them that video at the end that you can upsell. Same with corporate. And as I said, cinemagraphs. Now, great. We've hyped it up. It's all fantastic. I can't give you all the advantages without talking about some of the disadvantage of shooting. Yeah, okay. So we had, like, I think the introduction is, I think when when Canon introduced the 5D, what they Mm. did, the inventors, Hans, right? We know who Hans (laughs) is. He's the guy that's invented every single camera ever made. Clever, clever guy. (laughs) Hans is thinking, right? He's like, you know what would be really great with this camera that takes photos, Mm. still images? Wouldn't it be great if uh, we could just do a few seconds of video as well? Why don't I just stick this in into Mm -hmm. this little slot here? (laughs) So he tweaked with a few wires and bits and he kind of Frankensteined the the camera to make it uh, now shoot video as well. And everyone saw it and went, wow, if we hack this a bit more, we can actually uh, use this three or four or $5,000 camera to make videos with and we don't have to then – and we can use our beautiful Canon lenses and we can get this film look and we no longer have to rely on thirty, dollars $100,000 cameras. So suddenly all these um, documentary makers and indie filmmakers started using uh, the 5D, I think it was the 5D, to make these videos and they were looking really good. And then Canon went, oh, well, Hans, Make mode volume part two even better. So then he made the Mark two, and then and now um we've got we've got we're up to the five D Mark four that's shooting four K video, which is big files, and it's pretty good. It's never going to be the same as shooting on a hundred thousand dollar movie camera with you know hundred thousand dollar lenses, but it's pretty good. And a lot of um a lot of TV productions that I've worked on, I'm looking around and going, you've got a 5D, you're shooting on a 5D, that's a 1DX. They're all using uh, still cameras to shoot video. Very, very popular. So suddenly it's made it really accessible and, you know, the explosion of YouTube, all these guys are shooting this stuff on, you know, 5Ds and 1DXs and like even mirrorless is getting a run um, these days. So when you think about it, it it wasn't that when Hans designed his 
camera. He wasn't thinking I'm making a video camera that also shoots stills. He was he created a digital still camera and he added he tacked on that still bit. So this is where you can run into trouble because it's not designed for actually shooting film. You, you're thinking that you're you're holding something for a long time and you're trying to focus manually. Those those lenses were designed, and the whole design of the camera was designed for taking well, like single stills. So, it, if you're planning on doing a lot of filmmaking and a lot of shooting, you want to kind of look at third-party rigs that you can uh, attach onto your camera to make the, the the whole experience a lot more comfortable and the whole way that you focus images a lot easier and a lot uh, more secure so that you're not sort of going in and out of focus. So there's all these little, you're going to have to add on little third-party rigs. And the other, the, the, the biggest thing about using mirrorless or DSLRs to shoot video is, again, because it's an afterthought, the sound is shite. <laughs> so right. you have to remember that, that, that there's like this little microphone in the camera mm. that picks up the sound. So, and it wasn't designed. It actually wasn't designed as a video camera. So it's an afterthought. The sound isn't great. Again, people have, that have been using it have worked out ways to hack into the system and, and, and make it even better. So basically with an external microphone, you can get really, really good sound out of that. So there are workarounds that, that, that you need to think about, you know, other things you want to consider. Uh, you need to be on top of your lighting and know what you're doing. And you also need mm. to know what you're doing with white balance. And then you come into post-production. So, and how you edit the shot. And just like shooting stills, there are people that shoot JPEG, and they spit that JPEG out the other end. They don't rename it, they, and they call that a photo, and they're finished. And there's other people that will take that <laughs> take that raw file, expose it man- manually, lovingly mm. bring it through Lightroom or Photoshop <laughs> or Capture One, gently nurture it, bring out the blacks, polish <laughs> the highlights, make it beautiful, and out the other end comes a work of art. Mm. So same with film. How much you want to put into it, how much you think about your pre-production, how you shoot your production value is going to have a huge impact on what you get at the other end. Yeah, right. Okay, that's um that all makes sense. That all makes sense. All right. So, having said all of that, let's have a look at some basic basic gear you want for video shooting and like at at the very least what I want you to do after you've listened to this episode is even just go out and stick your camera onto video shooting, stick it on automatic and and just have a go, have a play, see how it feels. Do the same with your iPhone. I'm sure everyone's filmed with their iPhone before, but try it with your DSLR, try it with your lenses and see how it looks and feels and and get a feel for it. So basic requirement, obviously, a DSLR or a mirrorless camera or a phone that shoots video and most even entry at the cheapest level do. So, you know, at an $800 cost, you'll, you'll be able to find something that, that does shoot video. Um, couple of things. There's, you've got mirrorless and DSLR. There's a couple of, uh, pros and cons of using either one with the mirrorless system. I'm not there yet, Val, with embracing mirrorless. You mean mirrorless. you're not there yet? 
I'm oh, not okay. far off, but I'm just right. not quite, I'm not feeling the love for mirrorless. It hasn't won me over. I did buy one recently. I'm not ready to let go of okay. uh, DSLR. Okay, so, um, but the mirrorless. You don't have to let go. You can just have both. I know, but I just can't, I can't even, I'm, I'm still leaning towards it. And it takes me a while. You know, it takes me a while to, to change, does. to steady. It does. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so the mirrorless, the mirrorless advantage, they're smaller, lighter bodies, okay? This is great. But then when you're bolting on the lenses, the lenses are actually the same size as normal lenses. So it kind of, um, you know, evens out. But I think um, overall your mirrorless is still going to be a lighter kit than the DSLR with the, with the same lenses. One of the biggest pluses shooting video when or, or – Motion picture. I sound so sound like so ye olde fashioned when I say <laughs> motion pictures with that voice. Yes. You know how they used to speak in the olden days. We're talking about motion pictures today, Valerie. Um, and everyone had a British accent for some real. Does my accent sound British or does it sound something terrible? It's sorry, just I've just offended too... anyone. Yes, yeah, sorry to all the British people out there. <laughs> um, oh my god. So the so I'm just going to say video for the sake of ease. So if I say video, I'm talking about moving stuff, moving images. Um, yes. The advantage of using uh, mirrorless is the electronic viewfinder. When you're looking through that, you can actually see what you're filming in real time, which is one of the 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 big pluses of shooting mirrorless. You'll see um, as you look through the viewfinder, you will see a preview of what your image looks like before you take the shot. So if you set your aperture, set your shutter Mm. speed, you'll get that like you'll see the image in real time in the way that you've exposed it, which is a big plus. And so when you're shooting video, as you're – filming you're going to be able to see with a dslr because the the mirror locks up you 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 can't see through the viewfinder so you actually you actually can only see what's going on through the actual uh, lcd screen and fine if you're inside but if you're outside in bright sun mm. it's very hard to see what you're doing now you can get a lens hood for that but if you like you can actually get an lcd hood so that you can see what you're doing it clips or mag- magnetically attaches to the screen but mm. a lot of uh, lcd screens uh, from the like 5d mark 4 on so for the last couple of years few years they're all touch screen so you want to be able to access that screen to see what you're mm. doing so uh, the workaround for that is you can get an external viewfinder, extra cost. I, I know that with the Canon, you can get an app and you put that on your phone and then you can use your phone as the screen and you can also use that to control your camera, which is really good. So you'll, you'll see that happening a lot. So that's um, uh, with mirrorless. The other thing with mirrorless is they have uh, some of them have built-in image stabilization, which is a real bonus so that you're not as shaky when you're shooting. And another real bonus, and we'll talk about this in depth as well, is a lot of mirrorless cameras have built-in ND filters so that if you want to shoot outside wide open uh, and um, 
and get that film look, you can have these neutral density filters which are built in that you don't have to strap onto the front of your lens as you would with a DSLR. So that that is a plus. And as I said, I'll talk about more more about what ND filters do uh, down the track. Um, DSLRs have a better battery life than than mirrorless, but, you know, that's kind of getting to be much of a muchness. And as I said, that that viewfinder is a real pain. The other thing that you're going to need um, when you're shooting is good lenses. Now, the the thing about when you're shooting, if you want to make your videos uh, not look like – an episode of a, a tacky soap opera and you want to have a <laughs> okay. beautiful film look to it and you want it to look really sexy like you know not just like a generic photo that was taken in auto then you want to shoot completely in manual mode and you can be focusing in manual mode as well which means that you can use old school vintage lenses for filming which which even have their own look so you don't have to worry about getting autofocus lenses you can just go and buy like cheap old school vintage lenses and use those and then right. you're, you're focusing manually there are other cameras that you can or that that actually now have autofocus and it's pretty good so you can be working with that um all right this i think is essential when you're shooting and you it's kind of not negotiable there are workarounds but you do it really helps to have a good tripod and when i mean tripod none of the shite that you've got kicking around your house Val. although i know you've got a good one now haven't you you've got you got yourself a good one didn't you you bought one yes. good one yes but I the got other the just those that you suggested yeah five dollar ones useless because yes. they'll blow over when someone they walks do past, blow over. <laughs> someone like I shifted some paper the other day when I was at your place and they fell over. That's how <laughs> useless they are. Okay. So the reason you need a good tripod is that you don't want shaky. Um, you know how when the remember the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> I'm so scared. I'm so afraid. It was all shaky, shaky video. That were the first ones that did it, that whole shaky look. And no, it, it the first ones t- that did it was, was NYPD it? Blue. Before Blair Witch? Of course. Was NYPD it? Blue did it way before oh, Blair they, Witch. And they overkilled. But but it, it's kind of a real look now and it's been done to death. But, like, you know, it, it's quite a turn off if the video is is – shaky and you're not you're filming a corporate video and it's shaky yes. it doesn't quite and have the same you know someone talking about air conditioners <laughs> and, and what yes it's nauseating <laughs> yes it is nauseating so um, a good tripod is going to make sure that your um, camera is still and straight. And I think as when you're just getting started in video and you haven't quite learned all the little tricks, and there are lots of little tricks to keep your uh, camera steady handheld, and there are also little devices that you can use, until you get to that point, bolt your camera onto a tripod. And I think a really good investment, if this is something that you think you're going to be doing a lot of, is to get yourself a fluid head. And by that, 
I mean one that it's got like a little lever and it allows you to pan um, really smoothly from left to right and tilt up and down really smoothly. And so they can be anywhere from, um, you know, a hundred to I think over a thousand dollars. So depending on what you get, I, I bought myself a Manfrotto MVH 500 AH flat base video head and I'm Mm. very happy with it it's not as heavy actually as my geared head so when I travel it's maybe a kilo less in size and that just screws onto my the uh, my travel tripod sticks that I use which are also Manfrotto Manfrotto. so that that worked uh, really well if you've only got uh, a cheap tripod like one of yours Val the other ones (laughs) what you could do Thanks. If that's all you have, um, what you do is you can use it as a monopod. So just fold all the legs up so that you've got three oh, yes. together and then pop your um, pop pop your camera on top of that and you can kind of use that um, as a monopod and you can sort of do gentle sort of swaying movements. So you you kind of static, but you can you can pan gently and it's it's something is better than nothing. And you believe me, you'd be surprised how many sort of indie films have been made with, you know, spit and elastic bands and bits of stick and, and wire and, and they've actually yeah. gotten really good results. You don't need, you know, all this expensive gear. But I think some, anything that will stop that camera from moving around is better than hand-holding and getting jerky. So even if you put it on a table or, or uh, you know, on a stool and hold it there, then that, that will also work. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that All makes right, sense. So- um, I talked about the ND filter. Now, th- this is a filter that, and I, th- I think this is very handy to have. That that if you're shooting on a DSLR, it allows you to shoot in bright light with wider apertures and slower shutter speeds. So, because what the filter does, and it'll vary the amount of a light that you allow in from from blocking one zero stops to six stops and I think you can get zero to eight and zero to ten and the bigger the diameter of your camera lens is obviously the more glass that you have to buy and the more expensive it'll be so a really good tip with that is if you've got lots of lenses and you want to get one ND filter that suits all of them and you might have a lens that has maybe 77 uh, millimeter diameter some are 72 some are, um, are even bigger than that then find the lens that's got the largest diameter and that's the filter size that you're going to get and then you can buy step down rings which are like a ring that you apply to the filter and then it'll make that filter a little bit smaller and it'll be able to screw onto your uh, next size lens down does that make sense yeah cool all right so yeah and For the ND filter that I use, I've got a Hoya and it's a six-stop ND filter and uh, it it works very well and it's saved me uh, in a lot of tight spots. So that's handy. Now, the next Mm -hmm. one, I think this is a big one when it comes to shooting video is getting your lighting right. So we're not going to go into a masterclass, but I just (laughs) want to cover (laughs) a cover because we've got like there's – 15 episodes just on that if we were going to become a video but just like just touching start with if you're going to be shooting video don't be mucking around with lighting at the start what you want to do and I, I say this to photographers that I'm teaching as well don't get into flash don't get into continuous lighting learn to read 
daylight first. And once you've mastered daylight, what you can then do is then use uh, artificial light to supplement that daylight. So you're adding to what you have. But to, if you learn how to read and understand and work with whatever daylight that you have, I think you'll be uh, better when you start working with artificial light as well. So you can go into a situation, you can crank the ISO up and you can use window light to light your portraits and or work outside and limit until, to, until you get really confident and more competent and at, at shooting your videos that way and then you might might want to add light i kind of like to add and buy gear on a on a need it basis so if it comes to the point where oh my god we've now been commissioned to shoot 15 corporates in a black hole there's no daylight you're gonna have to learn lighting but until then work with daylight don't you think bell yeah, of course. I mean, um, why overcomplicate things too early? Yeah. So if you need to, uh, you can play around with this. There's like those little work lights that you get from hardware stores that are like they're, they're 20 bucks and they, they're used to light garages and things like that. So they're, they're huge. You can use one of those and uh, like a shower curtain or a sailcloth or there's something called ripstop nylon that I've talked about that is sold by my favorite fabric <laughs> store in the whole world. Spotlight. Yeah. You can buy it online. You don't even have to go in anymore because Spotlight are online. It takes the fun out of it. Um, but that, that's good stuff. So that, that you can. Um, I bought ha- online from Spotlight and it yeah. they, arrived. They had an attitude it, online though, didn't they? They go, well, you, not you, online, you want to buy that? It was you know what broken. You, they do. They, they have these questions. They go, do you know what you're doing you don't do you you've got no idea what to do with that two bit you don't deserve to be here on but our more website importantly, what i ordered arrived broken mm. do they know who anyway. you are valerie <laughs> did you tell them like with the pizza that you sent back because they didn't give you garlic bread excuse me that was like 25 years ago well, well, you calm down about that. it that's how i knew who you were i'm like <sighs> i did not Stick. say that you sent the pizza back. You made them the poor boy come all the way back with the garlic bread. Because we ordered garlic bread. Mm, I would have let it go, but anyway, <laughs> moving on. So you can get anything. It's like my from... favorite thing. I didn't. I don't even like pizza. I want the garlic <laughs> bread. So, I was only going to eat the... the garlic bread. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Continuous lighting, which is what you can't light a video with flash. You need to use continuous lighting and it's uh, a, really a, a good thing to learn and I would learn continuous lighting first and then flash because it helps you understand and see what light is doing. So um, the thing with the continuous lights that you buy, if you buy actual photographic ones, the cheaper they are, the more variance you're going to get in color temperature because they've got cheap globes. So you'll you'll notice that there is a color cast. It's not absolute daylight. You'll notice that they might be a bit red or a bit green or like a combination of both. So beware of that. 
And like there are ones, the thing is the technology is changing so quickly that like you'll, you'll buy something and six months later there, there's the new model that, that does everything else plus it makes you coffee, Val, and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and sings you to sleep and gives you a massage at the same time. That's what the new Love lights, it. that's my heart. Wouldn't that be good? So right. um, you can look for uh, location kits of continuous light that are battery powered and also plug-in options. So if you could find those, then uh, I think they're better. The uh, LED isn't quite there yet. You can't get cheap ones for, you know, anything under a th- two couple of thousand is uh not that good so you probably want to stick to fluoro uh, and what they come you can get kits and they come as they are so you get the 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 stand the light the the bulb everything you can then swap out the cheap bulb that they give you and buy a more expensive one and then you'll actually get a better quality of light so that's a a good hack so because because they say you know you want the reflector you want the stand. You don't necessarily want the bulb that makes everyone look like a lobster kind of thing. You want a nice, you know, a nice coloured daylight. A couple yeah, of companies. That, it is good thinking. You're thinking of doing that now with your globes, Val, because oh, you've got quite maybe. a few light kits. Um <laughs> a couple of good ones, uh, there's Westcott that do a good cheap light kit and Yongnuo do some good ones. Uh, next and a couple of levels up, there is uh, Aperture. I've got a couple of theirs. I've also got a Yongnuo, which is dimmable, and you can uh, change the colour temperature of the light. Uh, the Aperture as well do that, and I've also got whatever the ring light that you bought, Val. I bought one at the same time, whatever, oh, yeah. Diva ring light, something yeah, like that. Yeah, the Diva ring light. That makes people look good as well for, for mm-hmm. video if you're just doing uh, headshots and they're not that expensive. So, um, mm. yeah, so you can look at those and uh, that's uh, kind of lining covered in a, in a, in a nutshell very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all you need to know about lighting and now go forth and make your fantastic movies. Um, <laughs> so... Just quickly, uh, I think I covered camera wobble a bit. Uh, There are a couple Mm -hmm. of ways that you can use different bracing techniques to stop that, but I think the best thing to do, shoot on tripod. The best trick that I learnt while I was – while I've been shooting is to use the camera strap that's around the camera. And what I do is I have the camera around my neck and if you can imagine I'm doing this as I'm explaining it, I've got my camera in both hands and I push my camera forward so that the camera strap is now pulled taut. Does that make sense, Val? Right, yeah. The camera's in front of me and my arms yeah. are stretched out until the till the actual camera strap on both sides is pulled taut. Yeah, and then got I it. film that's how I film. So I'm looking at the back of my screen, oh. I'm holding my camera like that and it acts as a brace and that actually gave me quite a lot of stabilization for the shots that I was doing static. So what I had uh, in one instance, I was filming um, the main camera was on tripod and because I was traveling, I didn't bring two tripods. So I needed to do B-roll handheld for some Mm. of the stuff. So um, as the guy's talking, I'm sort of just gently panning around him using this technique. And then you can also um, brace using say a bench, put, put your elbows in against your body and just using any 
of the traditional brace techniques that you would use for your camera are going to help when you're filming. Another really good hack is to um, use use your body as kind of a, a way to pan the camera. So rather than tipping the camera, you hold the camera uh, taut using the straps and then bend at the waist and you can pan forward. And then bend back at the at the waist, so panning forward and then turning slightly. Oh. So, yeah, okay. feel that. So it's, so it's all about making sure it's the right length, obviously. Making sure that your camera strap. So if your camera strap is one of those, if you hang your camera strap down around your knees, uh, Mm -hmm. then no, it's not going to work. So you want to adjust your camera strap so that, and and also depends how near or far sighted you ask, because when you Mm. pull the camera in front of you, you want to be able to see the the screen clearly as you're panning around. And so that's a a really good thing to do. The, The next level up when you if you've shot enough and you kind of get sick of handheld and having to constantly having to fix your slightly shake uh, camera shake in videos is uh, something called a gimbal um so it's basically mm. it's a counterweight or a uh, a motorized stabilizer that you can use for your dslr or mirrorless i've actually got a gimbal for my iphone valve that it's motorized and it'll keep it really steady uh no oh, ma- cool. even if you're walking yeah yeah so that's really cool uh and they vary in price somewhere between 50 and a thousand dollars and i've seen people macgyver them so that they um look really good so awesome yeah uh so the next one that that i think is super super important when you're doing um this sort of stuff is a sound and as i said the the camera from the camera is not fantastic and if you're filming to an iphone the sound to the iphone itself isn't fantastic but the hack around is that you can use like you can get like companies like rode have microphones external microphones lapel microphones shotgun microphones that you can plug into either your phone your dslr or your mirrorless camera and that's going to give you beautiful sound so straight in and and the sound is recorded uh with the video with the actual motion video and onto the same sd or cf card so it's all in the one spot so it's uh very easy to sync up it's all there together so that is but you can also separate them you can also separate separate, yeah the video file from the audio file and that gives you sort of next level sound that's going to sound much better than using the native sound in the phone or the, the camera. And then mm. next level again, Val, is if you have an external recorder, so separate from the camera itself, and you have that um, – the thing with sound is it sounds uh, – so much better if your the person speaking is as close to the microphone as possible. So you can you yeah. see on film sets the guy with the boom who holds the boom up just above the person's head. Um, yeah. So you can get you can have the whole boom set up if you want, and that records into uh, an external device. You go next level again, and you can have someone that's actually mixing the audio as it's coming in, and you can have you know people with 
like you know when you watch Unreal you see uh, or any TV show everyone is mic'd up everyone's got a separate mic and then there's also yeah. another guy that's recorded so it can get super complicated but as very basic you can just have a separate little microphone that sits on top of the camera uh, that 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 plugs into the camera that's so that you're not using the actual uh, audio off the camera itself all right yeah yeah Cool. So, yeah, invest oh. in a, 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 a microphone that um, is going to work for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think as it's it's kind of like you don't know what you don't know. So when you start, you don't even notice sound. You don't even think, oh, that's, that's right. sound. Or you don't even notice shaky camera shots. But then you start doing it and then you start seeing stuff and you go, all right, that's quite shaky or that sound, the audio is not that good. And it's kind of, again, on a need-to-know basis. Um All right, so finally, the uh, CF or SD cards that you use for video are slightly different to the ones that you use for shooting stills because when you think about it, Mm -hmm. say if you're shooting uh, an image, a video, uh, the camera is actually taking a minimum of 24 images per second. Yeah, do the maths. In a minute, how many images would you be taking? Heaps. Twelve over 1,200 and something. Mm-hmm. 1,240. 440. No. <laughs> something like that. 1,200 to some, – you do the math. So lots. Okay. Right? Lots and lots of images are being shot and written to that card. 1,440. I got that. I got that on my own all by myself, Valerie, in my <laughs> head. I got right. that by myself because I was speaking right. at the same time. There was no way I could have done a calculator thing. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Whatever your name was who taught me math. Um, <laughs> so the higher the resolution that you're going to be shooting, the higher the video resolution, the larger the amount of data that needs to be transferred. So it's important that you have a CF or an SD card that's large enough to film on. So your two gig card, and I know I've always said, don't put all your eggs in one basket, shoot the small cards. Now I'm saying you need the bigger ones for video. If you're shooting so video. If yeah. you're shooting video, which we've always maintained, haven't we? So kind yes. of the two gig card is not going to cut it now. You kind of need a minimum of the biggest you can buy, really. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be fast enough to put up with the file transfer. So uh, SD cards are larger, like you, you can buy larger size storage with an SD, which are the smaller ones. CF, compact flash, are the bigger square ones. They're chunkier. They're faster. And so what you want to get when you're buying either an SD or a CF, there's something, they've got a class to them and you want class 10 or higher and that denotes the ability for its uh, download speed so that it it can be recorded to fast enough for Mm -hmm. it to allow all those images to go on. Just as a side note, the 5D mark, when it's shooting, what it does is some, somehow Hans, when he did the firmware for that camera, decided that uh, we're going to only film in four gig chunks. So if you're recording someone who's doing a long monologue, mm. uh, at four gig it'll stop and and 
continue on into a next chunk. So you have to then join those all together. So the workaround, because I've been checking out forums like, because this is really annoying, is that Mm. you can uh, use cards that are larger than 256 gig if you don't want your film to be chunked up into four gig portions or you can uh, reformat the card. And if you know anything about formatting hard drives, there is a format called XFAT, E-X-F-A-T, and that's got nothing to do with someone who's just lost weight. You can't have <laughs> lost weight. It's way to format the card or it's fat as in, oh, my God, that's so fat. That's so cool, you know, some millennial made it up. But it's just a way. It's a format that apparently um, – uh, Windows and Mac can read and it's supposed to be more stable. And so if you format the memory card on your computer, which is something you're not supposed to do, and then put it in your camera, it's supposed to, it overwrites that 5D Mark IV chopping it into 4 gig. If anyone's tried that and it's worked, please comment in the Mm. podcast or send me an email or if you've tried the 256 gigabyte workaround as well and that works, please tell me because I'm I'm really interested because I'm geeking out on video now. Um, so <laughs> homework, homework, homework. Homework, there's homework. Everyone. Yeah, okay. I want you to get out and either. And I deliberately have left camera settings and what to do to the next uh, episode. So in the next episode, I will talk, I will talk you through all the camera settings, frame mm. rate, how to how shutter speed affects the look of your and ha, of your video, and how to get that beautiful film look, and all the things, everything you need to know, so that by the time you've watched the next ep, you'll be out there ready and knowing everything there is to know about shooting video. But for practice for this week yes, for homework, I want to for this get week. out, take the camera, turn it on to the video program. I don't set it on auto. I, I don't, it's, this is not about getting something that looks beautiful. It's just about getting a feel for what it's like to film and do a little, a very short clip, do something like, you know, 15 seconds, 30 seconds long. Don't care. Upload it to the Facebook group. Show me your pics <laughs> and share and, um, Again, I'm not I'm not judging your picks. I'm not judging on, you know, how how cinematic it is, how you've color graded it. I don't care about frame rate at this part point I'm not interested. I just want to see someone I, I don't care if it's your cat, a rainy day or whatever, ten but points, just get out extra there. 10 points if it is your cat. If it's your cat or if it's got Nutella in it or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, it doesn't matter. And I'm actually not fast. It can be a silent. It doesn't need to have sound. But let me see how you see, because you're all photographers, I want to see what you can create for me please. Awesome. And then, in, you know, we will come back in a two, two weeks or a few weeks with the next step. We will still be back next week with a different ep, but we'll continue this series uh, down the track with all that information. Because we know that that was a big download of information. So we're going to give you a break. So next week, it's not going to be the same topic. Part two will come in a few weeks. We will have a different topic uh, next week. So come back and join us then. So Gina, that's really exciting. I can tell 
tell that you're really into video now, which is awesome. Can you awesome. tell to it? You can tell by oh, my voice that I'm so you excited are totally by it. Geeking I out. It Good. Totally I am geeking, geeking out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm loving it. it, and I hope. I hope it's inspired a few other people just to, for for no other reason other than this is fun. It's so yes. cool. It stretches your brain in other ways, and it's like you know, it's nice to be this excited about something. Um, not that I'm not about photography, but this is just using those skills and going. Wow, I can do this now too. So I need apart, to see more so, hours so in my day. apart from videoing <laughs> me this weekend, what else are you doing in this coming week? Uh, so I'm working on uh, some headshots. I've got a big project as well, uh, doing multiple portraits of people that I'm working on over the next month. So, and then I've got to so, several tutorials for the gold community that I'm also working on as well. So, what about you, Val? Painting macrame? Do any macrame yes. anymore? What happened to Not my Not lately. I will mm. take it up again when I have yep. a bit more time. I have a big commission that I am working on, so I need to make some headway on that one, and yep. uh, that's going to be fun. But I need to probably buy some more materials for it. But, it, um, yeah, so I will be doing more art. I will be doing more writing. I will – be excited, preparing for our shoot. Lots We've got of two props. days of shooting. Yeah. We've got two days of shooting in the city, in Sydney. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. All right. So where do we find you online, Gina? So you can find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And I am at Gina Militia across all social media. And if you want to connect with me personally and you may be an enthusiast or a pro photographer who's thinking about taking their photography to the next level, then you might want to check out the gold community. So that's uh, ginamilitia.com slash gold community. You, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, I'm hanging out in the Gold community as well, uh, as as well as the Facebook group. So you want to be a photographer podcast community. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.